in the name of Jesus, I come to you with great expectation this morning. I want our city, I want our county, our state, our, our nation, Lord God, everywhere, Lord God, in this world in the name of Jesus. I pray for leadership in the name of Jesus. I pray for hospital staffs, Lord God. I pray for doctors. I pray for people, Lord God, that are on the front lines every day in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord God, to help them and comfort them and protect them in the name of Jesus. I pray for our police force in the county and in the city and all over the world, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for them, Lord God. I ask you to protect them and their families, Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for our teachers that are going to be going to school tomorrow and facing all kinds of things, Lord God. I pray that you will give them strength. Come on. I believe the Lord's going to do that in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're going to touch everyone, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Move upon them, Almighty God. Strengthen them as they remain, Lord God, in those frontline positions. All these people, Lord God, I give praise and glory and honor to you for them, Lord Jesus. And I thank you in advance, God, for taking care of them in Jesus' name. I come against this coronavirus, both in the physical and in the mental realm. In Jesus' name, I push back that darkness right now in the name of Jesus. I command in the name of Jesus that people will begin to feel and touch and sense the strength of God in the midst of this, in the midst of all the trials and the situations, Lord God, that we have. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray for these in the name of Jesus, and I give you praise and glory for all that you are doing in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. God. Praise God. Point at somebody and say, I'm in the will of God in Jesus' name. Yes. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a place to be. What a place to be. And you can be seated. The Lord bless you today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord. Those of you that are online with us, we appreciate you. We just know that the Lord is doing great things in this hour. In Jesus' name, praise God. And so we don't want to forget the things that God is doing for us in Jesus' name, praise God. Um, uh, this week, or this last, actually in the last couple of days, and I'll have these out front, hopefully by the end of the service, but our Pentecostal Life magazine just came out, and of course it's filled with all kinds of great things. I don't know if you've um, had a chance or ever had a chance to look at this particular periodical, but it is absolutely relevant. It is absolutely full of just tremendous things that can help anybody, everybody, in their daily life. I just, this morning as I begin, I'm going to take one of the articles just to give you an example of what we're talking about here and um, so that you can understand what we're talking about in Jesus' name. 
Um, the, the name of the article is Distractions Are Detrimental. And of course, we're living in a world full of distractions. We just are. And I'm not here to find fault or criticize. I'm saying that I have my own personal battles with distractions. Amen. And I'm helping, and I, or I'm not helping, but I'm asking the Lord for help for me to immediately recognize them. Amen. Sometimes, you know, people don't need a comment or things don't need a comment. They just need for you to turn around and go someplace else. And that doesn't mean that you're rude. That doesn't mean that you don't care. It just means that there really isn't much that I have to contribute in this arena. And especially in the world today where we've got a lot of criticism that's going out there. And again, I, I, it's amazing to me um, um, uh, how that works. And I'm not here again to, end to it, uh, lend to it. But listen to this article. I thought this was something that might be useful. It says, in January 2009, Captain Sully Sullenberger navigated a successful emergency landing of a U.S. Airways flight 1549 in the Hudson River um, in the midst of New York City's highly populated landscape. He did not, or he didn't per, um, anticipate danger when he entered into the cockpit that afternoon. The crew welcomed the passengers and began their routine duties for the short flight to Charlotte, North Carolina. But almost as soon as, the, as a flock of Canadian geese entered the line of sight, the birds entered the turbines, wrecking, or wreaking havoc on equipment and disabling both jet engines. Suddenly, Airbus A320, that had been climbing into the blue sky above now, descended at a rate of two elevator floors per second. Yeah. Sully nor his first officer, Jeff Skiles, had ever trained for such a landing. In fact, flight simulators at the time weren't even programmed for such a training. Yet in 208 seconds between the engine's bird strike and the fuselage's touchdown into the wintry waters, waters Sully formulated and implemented an action plan for the crippled aircraft. His future eulogy will no doubt include the oculades of heroism that saved all 155 lives that were on board on that cold January day. A few weeks after landing, or that water landing, um, uh, the attention was captured by a television interview while awaiting my name. You know, the, new, news, uh, the news work reporter with breathy drama flair grasped when Ca uh, Captain Sullenberger told how a quick visual assessment revealed he was unable to guide the aircraft to the familiar terrain of a runway that fateful day. Went on to say, when even, or, uh, even with air traffic control offering options to turn back towards LaGuardia Airport or divert to um, Tetterboro Airport in New Jersey, Sully's trained pilot vision realized these were not survivable options. We'll be in the Hudson, was the pilot's response to the tr air traffic control as he maneuvered the aircraft towards the river to prepare for the landing. The reporter, this is what's interesting, the reporter asked what the captain's final thoughts were as the plane plummeted towards the water. Could he sense death was near? Surely his life must have flashed before his eyes or perhaps the faces of his wife and children. 
But Captain Sullenberger, Sullenberger's response erased any hint of attempted drama as he calmly admitted death never crossed his mind, nor did his family, nor random memories from earlier years. The interviewer was shocked. What on earth could have been so important at such a time of terror? The pilot explained that because of his intimate knowledge of flying and of the Airbus A320, his mind had the discipline, somebody say discipline, to instinctively formulate clear priorities in order to survive the situation at hand. I'm going to, we're going to pray here in just a few minutes. There's some of you that this is what God wants to put you on the trail of doing. Praise God. I'm not talking about flying an airplane here. I'm talking about flying in the world that you and I are living in right now and having an absolute clear understanding of what God is doing. Can somebody say amen? amen. Praise God. Praise God. And so all other thoughts would have been distractions is what he said. Amen. And it says, and distractions are detrimental in times of crisis. Captain Sullenberger's disciplined focus resulted in the rescue of every passenger aboard that plane. Many reading this article possibly rang in the new year 2020 with dreams of climbing into the blue skies in your personal lives, your church, your businesses. There were Bible study series, team goals, personal plans that involved words such as focus, vision, and purpose to coordinate nicely with the standard eyesight reference 2020. Now, here we are, well over halfway through the year, with strikes of racial tension, health crises, economic, um, you know, frailty. It's, possibly, uh, it's probably safe to assume that flocks of birds wasn't on this year's vision list posted on the boardroom or the bedroom wall. But hopefully within all of 2020's interrupted plans, an intimate knowledge of God's word and evidence of his proven faithfulness provides the discipline needed to focus on our true purpose rather than the surrounding pressures. Come on, can somebody just lift their hand right now and say amen? Come on, folks. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Relevant articles. Not somebody tearing somebody down. Not somebody wanting on a vendetta or wanting to accuse somebody or criticize. But somebody that's got some helpful words for the church today in the name of Jesus. Come on. Let's just lift up both of those hands right now in the name of Jesus. And let's depend on our God. Come on. He can do anything. He can do all things. But you and I must be focused on Him. We must have pay attention to what he's saying in the name of Jesus. Mm, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, she goes on to say, while all passengers aboard the flight 1549 were saved that day, plans in their lives were disrupted. None of them realized that when they got on that plane, they were going to end up in the Hudson River. Okay, appointments were missed. Personal belongings were discarded in lieu of life vests as everyone focused on saving people, not luggage or leather portfolios. And I'm confident every survivor would agree that not one altered plan or lost perishable was worth trading their life for. 
Such unexpected crises have a way of bringing true focus to all who, who experience it. How much more should we seek true focus as we stare into the face of eternity? Amen. I got a call this morning from a woman that was frantic. Her son is in the ICU right now. And, um, and I assured her, she said, can you come? I said, yes. I said, as soon as the services are over this morning, I'll come to the hospital and I'll pray. Well, she said, can you wait a minute? I said, yes. And she handed the phone to him. And believe me, he didn't sound too hot. He didn't sound too great. And, you know, at times like that, you know, what are you going to say? Well, what I said is let's pray right now. Let's not waste one more second. And so I, I said, you, you pray with me. And so I prayed just a very simple prayer. God, you're on the throne. God, you can do anything. God, you are a healer. I was just declaring who God was just at that moment. And then I went and got a little bolder and I said, in the name of Jesus, I believe your spirit and your word is in that room right now. And in the name of Jesus, you are bringing not only comfort, but you are bringing direction and people are going to get saved and they're going to come into the knowledge of the truth in Jesus. Jesus name now I'm talking about in the midst of a crisis in Jesus name that's what God has called you and I to do praise God last week we talked about the call of God and the call of God is absolute praise God it's not changed God's not worried he's not up there fretting wondering how he's going to get this thing to turn out he's just looking for people like you and I to be focused for to be understanding and, and knowing that he is on the throne in Jesus name name. So listen to this. Perhaps in the midst of this current uh, chaos that we're, we're experiencing, maybe God, and I believe that God will begin to use you. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, wherefore seeing we also are combassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Come on, folks. You know, weights aren't sin, but they are distractions. That's what they are. And you and I, we can, it's not that we're going to keep distractions from coming. It's like temptation. The Bible doesn't say that we're going to eliminate temptation. It just says that you and I can rise above temptation. We can resist temptation. We can turn away. We can say, God, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to talk about something else. I'm going to just lift you up in the name of Jesus. And so in the midst of this chaos that we're, that we're, that we're experiencing right now, God is trying to bring clarity and perspective. Believe me, that's what he's doing. I said last week, I believe in times like this, that God, it's a good time for people, for God to get their attention. It really is. And so this is what we're seeing. Is there something you could lay aside in order to grasp the eternal life vest a bit more securely? Is the periphery attempting you to gaze to the left or to the right? It's worth an evaluation. May we, may we pursue the discipline to ignore the distractions. After all, distractions are detrimental in times of crisis. Now sit there, and I want you to lift your hand right now. And let's ask God to give each one of us a self-examination. What are we allowing to distract us at this point in time? And this is not some, you know, uh, tearing you down. This is say, come on, God, I want to be better. I want to be more efficient in this hour that I'm living in, in the name of Jesus. God, I believe that you can help us right now, right in this place. I believe there are people, Lord God, that are right there. They're able to help 
give a word of encouragement. Send somebody to the right place for true Bible salvation. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for this. I appreciate what you're doing. Help us, Lord God, as apostolics in this hour, Lord God, to recognize opportunities that are arising around us all the time in the name of Jesus. And give us perspective, almighty Jesus. Give us perspective in what's going on in this world in the name of Jesus. And as always, God, I give you the praise and the glory. You're the only one, Lord God. You're the true one God, apostolic. Praise God. I thank you, Lord God, for the knowledge of the oneness. I thank God for the knowledge of the of, of Bible, true Bible salvation by being born again of the water and of the Spirit in Jesus' name. And Lord, I lift you up on high because you are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all honor. You are worthy of all things in Jesus' name. And I give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. And so I'm thankful today. I'm very, very thankful for what God is doing. Can you say amen? Yeah. Amen. And truly His grace is sufficient. Amen. If we'll allow that grace to flow into our lives. I don't know how many weeks it was. I, I lost count and not really uh, much, but I can remember the Wednesday that we were having Bible studies in Dubuque, or not Bible studies, but we were having prayer meetings from, I think it was from 12.30 to 1.30 because a lot of us worked second shift at that time. And so we would meet up there at the church and we would pray and God would move in some beautiful, powerful ways in those beginning years of my life of serving Him. But I had received the Holy Ghost. I had spoken in tongues a little bit. I was still a little bit hesitant of it. I was not really, um, I was trying to, what was really my biggest problem, and I feel like it's a lot of people's problems, is they try to figure out God intellectually. And you must understand God is spirit. He's not a spirit. He is spirit. And so that's why he told the woman at the well, God in the flesh told the woman at the well, he said, you know, the Lord is, God is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so these are the things that will make, um, you know, that will make the things of God happen. And I don't know what it was, but on that day of prayer, I just felt like I needed to do something extra, do something more, that type of thing. And all of a sudden, there was something that began to flow out of me. And the scripture came to my mind, and I didn't have a big knowledge of the Word of God at that time, but the scripture came to my mind of Jesus as saying that when you believe on me as the scripture saith, out of your bellies or your innermost means would flow rivers of living water. And this, he was speaking to believers, folks. He wasn't, this was not a minister's convention he was at. This was out in public. Jesus was making this declaration to every believer. Amen. It's kind of like, you know, um, a lot of things in the scripture. You know, God puts it out there for everybody. Amen. And so I'll never forget that Wednesday um, uh, prayer meeting because something began to flow out of me. I could feel it. I could sense it. Amen. I couldn't describe it. I couldn't, I couldn't um, you know, uh, explain it a lot of times, but I knew that something had begun. Praise God. And I've always believed from that time 
that I'm not going to put any undue pressure on anybody. Praise God. You get enough of that in the world. But I believe that that's the will of God for every person who receives the Holy Ghost. Amen. For the, the feel and sense a flowing of God coming out of them. There's just something that is powerful. And I hope that in the next, if, you, if you've never experienced that, I'm not here to put a demand on you, but I'm saying consider it, praise God. There's nothing like the flow of God's Spirit. I felt it not only speaking in other tongues, I have since that time, because I began a work in the ministry from that platform, praise God. I was passing out tracts, going door to door at that time. That was the ministry God called me to do. And for a couple of three years, uh, me and another individual, that's what we did. We made it a, day, a weekly thing. We would go out and we would pass out tracts and that type of thing. And I have since that time felt the flow of God come out of me in Bible studies. I felt the flow of God come out of me when I witnessed to people. See, I believe that God wants to help us, not just in speaking in tongues, although I believe that is important, praise God. There are so many, I, I would pray that God would open up every eye, especially somebody that's viewing on the internet that's a little skeptical. I wish God could would, and would open up your eyes to all of the advantages that there are to speaking in other tongues. I mean, there are tremendous advantages there really is. And, you know, that's why sometimes you've got to quit trying to explain it and you just got to walk in it in Jesus' name. That's what God wants to help people to do. We walk by and not by. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Amen. Faith, the faith of God. And uh, I'm in the midst of studying a book or in, a, in the midst of a, of a study myself on the book of Romans. It's a commentary that has been written by our general superintendent. And it is a powerful thing. I'm only probably a third of the way through it. But it's just been very, very... Um, again, revealing to me, not say, saying stuff that I didn't already know, but recapping and, and reiterating what's, what it really means in Jesus' name. And so faith is an important thing. If you study the book of Romans, one of the major themes of that book is justification by faith. Amen. And, and the book uses examples. Paul goes into the law. He goes into the idea of Abraham and that type of thing. And, and it's just beautiful, praise God, when we realize what God wants to do for us. Amen. He wants to help us to walk in a deeper faith. Amen. And I do believe, I believe that there is God's faith. You know, the Bible talks about the, 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 the doctrines of Christ, you know. And one of those doctrines is faith towards God or faith in God. Amen. And that is so very important for us to, to maintain, amen, our faith in God. And I believe that one of the things that God calls you and I to do in the idea of faith is to be faithful. That God will put tasks in our lives. And I wasn't in church for 15 minutes and God put things in my life. He said, this is what I want you to do. Amen. And I can tell you after 43, you know, going on 44 years that he never told me not to do them. That usually when God tells you to do something, there's never a time to quit doing it. Amen. Now there might be times when you won't be doing it as often, but the ne nevertheless, he will put that kind of thing in your life in Jesus' name. I don't know who, uh, who originated the teaching. Um, and, but I know, I remember Billy Cole using it, and he talked about the dimensions of mankind, and, and, and in order to explain it, he talked about the dimension of the moth, that a lot of times people in their lives, they're just like moths, and moths will fly right into the fire. They just have no 
um, uh, it didn't seem like they have any idea of what's going on around them in the world. And, and the moth dimension can be maybe a baby, could be a little child, could be sometimes an adult, a man. But they, they usually, you know, they get hurt. That's just what it is. And then he talked about the dimension of the dog. And this is not to denigrate mankind. This is just to illustrate that a lot of people's life just surrounds food and friends. And that was the illustration there. That's as far as they go. As long as I got a good job, I'm making good money, I can eat good, and I can have a few friends, man, my world's okay. And I'm not here to put people down. I'm just saying, you know, you live in that dimension, you're living in a very low dimension. And then he talked about the, the carnal dimension, that mankind has the ability to achieve, achieve certain things. And you look at our institutions of higher learning. I mean, folks, we can't deny that, that, that because we're made in the image of God, we have brains. We can figure things out. There's folks out there that are absolutely sharp. Amen. But again, that's not the only dimension, praise God, because you, know, you can come to the end of your life and achieve great success according to the world and still feel as empty as it can be. Amen. And that's not putting people down. That's absolutely what's left. Amen. And then he talked about the fourth dimension of man, which is the higher dimension of, of the spiritual realm. Praise God. There is a low, or I should say the lower dimension of the spiritual realm vibrations, people who have ESP and, and, and intuitions and things of that nature. I'm not here to, to, um, um, uh, to uh, argue or to even present that. I believe that dimension lives. The spiritual dimension is out there whether you like it or not. But the problem with that lower dimension is that it, usually people will be caught up in, 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 in the demonic dimension. That's who really controls that, by the way really does. That's why the Bible says he's the God of this world. But when you get into heavenly places, come on, that's what the Bible tells me that I can get to. I'm telling you, there's three dimensions that you can begin to live by. And in the heavenly realm, there is a dimension of faith towards God. Amen. But never make any mistake. One of the ladders or one of the steps to that is being faithful to God. Grasping things from a carnal level, knowledge, you know, you got to understand the Bible's written in a language that we can understand. And so we learn to follow instructions. We learn to take the Bible at face value. We learn to say, God's talking to me. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, we get more steps in front of us. Because along with that faith, God gives us direction. Can somebody say amen? I'm telling you right now, folks, this is where God wants his church. Amen. No, he doesn't want us to forget about the other four dimensions because that's who we're reaching. That's who we're reaching. That person on the phone today was desperate. Absolutely desperate. And you can't sit here and say, well, it's your fault. You, you, know, you, you didn't live right and all that kind of business. No, I believe that in the faith dimension, you can give people direction. You can give people help. Praise God. Amen. And the faith dimension will always lead us in our faith towards God, that is, will always lead us into the supernatural. Amen. And I'm not talking about the fake stuff. I'm not talking about the dark stuff. I'm talking about the light in Jesus' name. Amen. And so you must understand, I believe that's there, praise God. Might be that some of these people that have had, quote unquote, near-death experiences, maybe they have seen the light. Praise God. And maybe they're looking for somebody like you and I to come along and explain it to them. In Jesus' name. 
Now, I'm not saying that stuff doesn't exist. I'm just saying, if you're just in that fourth dimension, it's too easy for the devil to come. Like that parable that Jesus taught, the seed was sown on the ground there on that hard soil. And what happened? Immediately, immediately the devil, the foe would come and take that seed away. And many of you have experienced that. Praise God. And you need to start getting wise to that fact. Praise God. That's why you got to do some, got to allow the Lord to do some plowing of your, of your soil in Jesus' name and allow those seeds to get in there. I'm talking about seeds of faith in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, God can do that in Jesus' name. Let me show you what one of the lower uh, um, uh, dimensions of that faith realm is all about. Let me show you here, okay? You know, because in the Bible, you've got the faith of Abraham. This is what Paul uses as his template, you know? He describes the faith of Abraham. And if you want to write this down, you can study this at your own leisure. But he, st he talks about the faith of Abraham in the fourth chapter of the book of Romans. He goes from, I think it's like verses 17 through 25. He talks about how did Abraham reach this level where he could really believe God? I mean, here's a guy 99 years old. He Physically, it's impossible for him to have kids. And he's got a 90-year-old wife. Man, it's in the same condition. But faith, that faith dimension got him to a place where he became fully persuaded. Think about that, folks. Think about that. Now, you've got to understand, that's 24 years of, of Abraham walking with God, being faithful, not missing church. Not going months without praying, paying his tithes, doing the things that God has already instructed him to do. Because here's where he started. Look at this. Look at James. I'll show you another uh, aspect of it. Amen. The Bible says in James chapter number, I believe it's chapter number two, I believe it is. Amen. Look at this. Again, James also uses that template. Amen. The Bible says in verse 19, 2 and 19, this is James, okay? He says, thou believest that there is one God. Can somebody say amen? amen? Amen. It says, thou doest well. It says, the devils also believe and tremble. I've often said, there's at least one thing that the devil and I agree on. Amen. But the bottom line is, that's not enough. But wilt thou know, O vain man? He said that faith without works is dead. What was Abraham doing for 24 years? Going his own way, doing his own thing? No, when he left Ur of the Chaldees, God already had a plan for him to walk in that dimension, to fellowship God in that dimension. Now, I'm not going to go into the ramifications of the Old Testament versus the New Testament, but you must understand, you and I have been blessed with the opportunity to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost gives us the opportunity for things that might have taken a long time in the past can be quickened in seconds. Come on, that's one of the advantages of speaking in other tongues. That's one of the advantages of saying, God, I am going to follow you in that dimension in the name of Jesus. 
where God can begin to quicken your mind and things that you used to struggle with all of a sudden make perfect sense in the spiritual realm. Come on, somebody right here today in this room and probably several out there, you're struggling with that right now. And I'm here to tell you that God wants to give you overcoming power in that dimension and it'll happen by faith and not by sight. Come on, lift your hands right now and say, I'm going to get a hold of this. Mm. I am going to get a hold of this. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, I am going to walk by faith and not by sight. I am going to believe God in the name of Jesus. My works are going to begin to be based upon faith towards God in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know the charismatic spirit out there say, well, you're just trying to work your way to heaven. No, I'm just trying to stay in the, in the close proximity of God. Amen. And this is what the Lord has promised me. And so what James brings out is that faith without works doesn't exist. It's dead. Amen. And so this was the faith that Abraham used. He demonstrated his allegiance to God by what he did. Amen. And so you follow his life. You follow those chapters between, between chapter 12 of Genesis all the way to 22. Those 10 chapters. And that, no, he wasn't a perfect man. Yes, he made plenty of mistakes. But his life was being filled with the faith dimension. That's why his seed, praise God, is in us today. And that seed to do what God wants you to do. Amen. Now I'm telling you something. That will give you a dimension to see the supernatural. It will happen, praise God. And so the Bible says there, it says, was not Abraham in verse 21. It says, our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seeing thou how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect. And that's what you will discover, my friends. You will discover about the lifestyle of Abraham is that God had him on a quest, not only just to have faith, because faith is important, don't misunderstand me, but there's only two times, two times in the New Testament, and I don't even know if these people were in the church, but there's only two times that Jesus said, great faith. Amen. That woman that had that issue, and, and then I think it was a centurion, you know. I mean, to tell you folks, that's what's needed in the world that you and I are living in right now. That's why we're getting so distracted. That's why, you know, we're up and down and we, some days you just wonder what it's all about. And I'm not talking about having a perfect life. I'm just talking about having a perfect view of what God can do. And I believe that will bring us into a dimension of the faith of God that will, oh my goodness, folks, it can, it can do and offer all kinds of things. And so the Bible says, that God will impute something to us in this dimension. Look at verse number 23. And the scripture was fulfilled which, said, which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed. The word means it was counted. God counted this. He counted what? He counted unto him righteousness. The gift of righteousness was given to Abraham. And if you study the word righteous, it's got multiple meanings. But one of the meanings is the idea that we have a right standing with God. God puts us in a position. God puts us in that position. Amen. And I'm telling you something, folks. It is awesome. 
This is where God is taking the apostolic church in Jesus' name. He's taking us into that dimension, praise God, where things can begin to happen. Because those three dimensions, the dimension of faith, the dimension of miracles, and the dimension of love are absolutely essential. That's one of the things that you will find the difference between the faith of Abraham and then the faith of Jesus. Let me show you. Let me show you. Look at Galatians chapter number 2. Galatians chapter number 2. And this isn't the only place, but it's one of the places here it talks about this. Bible says in Galatians 2 and verse number 20. Paul again, trying to describe things to the church that are happening. And he mentions the fact about a crucifixion. And probably everybody, you know, is cringing when they talk about crucifixion. But wasn't it Jesus that talked about the fact that if you want to become my disciple, if you want to become a learner of me, which you got to understand, that's the focus of this New Testament, my friend. The focus of this New Testament is not you, it's not me, it's him. That's what the focus is. The focus is Jesus, okay? That's what a lot of people are struggling with because they want Jesus to make them the focus. And that's what our world is full of, folks. That's why we got people who get offended real easily. We get people that are in and out of church. We have people that have, you know, just a lot of trouble being faithful to the things of God. And I'm not here to bring cause or effect or, or, or put people down. I'm just saying that's not what I signed up for. That's not what I signed up for. I want everything I can get from God. And I know it's going to cost me everything. Everything. Because I want to be a learner of Jesus. And he's the one that said, if you want to learn about me, you've got to learn, first of all, to pick up your own cross. And then you've got to deny yourself. And then you must follow me. Would you just close your eyes for a second and lift up those hands right now and ask God to give you a better explanation of that in your personal life? Come on, ask him. I'm not telling you you better or else. I'm saying if you want to get into that deeper faith dimension, this is necessary. Oh, Jesus. Somebody out there online right now, you're, this is just hitting you right between the eyes. I would advise you right now in that kitchen, that living room, wherever you're at right now, I, even if you're in public right now, I would just I'd put down whatever you're doing and I would lift up your hands right now and say, God, I want that. I want that right now. I want that from you. This is what I'm seeking. This is what I really need. I want to get rid of these little things that have been just plaguing me and distracting me and getting me off focus. I want to get rid of these things. And now, Lord God, with the man of God preaching your word, he has given me the direction through your, through your spirit in Jesus' name. And now, Lord God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk by faith, the real faith, and not by sight in Jesus' name. And oh my goodness, I feel that you're going to heal me right here this morning. I believe there's a mental blockage that is absolutely being dissolved right now in the name of Jesus. There's a spiritual hurt that has been plaguing 
me. Oh, right now, somebody offended me a long time ago, and I've carried that little basket with me for too long, and now I'm letting it down. I'm letting go of it. It isn't worth it. Oh, rotokobasika, yelo marito bokunura cheka, yelo gojando barita mayalano sha barita, yalamando baka yananika. In the name of Jesus, let that go forth, Lord God. I would pray for just multitudes of understanding to come because of your word in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. I praise you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's take about 30 seconds and let's praise him again and again in Jesus' name. Praise God. Come on. He is well capable of taking care of that baby, guys. He's well capable of taking care of that baby. You don't have to worry about that kid. Now you can just close your eyes and you can begin to thank God in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, folks. I'm telling you, this is just an example of distractions, folks. Come on. Let's not let them come in the way anymore. Oh, let's make up our minds that God is God. And I'm going to take every advantage. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I hope that didn't offend you. I do, I mean that. I look at you and I say, my goodness, that guy takes care of babies a lot better than I did when I was there back then. Wow. Praise God. Amen. Well, there you go. You got lots of practice, okay? But you know, that little baby, just let me take the example, that little baby crying and, 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 and fussing, that's just an example of what we got out there in that world. And I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of the babies. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying that sometimes we got to be careful. Praise God. It don't take five people to take care of that baby. It only takes one. And so this is what we do, praise God. We must understand. Now let's look at Galatians now that we've gotten this far. And what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm still talking about the dimension of faith. And I believe the dimension of faith begins with being faithful. Knowing what God wants us to do and just doing it. It's just that simple. Amen. And doing it no matter what. Because what that dimension will lead you to is what Paul is talking about right here. Amen. The Bible says in 2 and 20, Galatians. Amen. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I didn't die with my crucifixion. He did. Praise God. But the Bible says, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not just Abraham's faith now. Now I got Jesus' faith. Do you understand what's happening? And this is what a lot of our religious world avoids like the plague. They want everything to come their way and be nice, never have a hill, never have a down. Listen, it's like Brother Wright says. They want the three Ps. They want to be pressure-free. They want to be problem-free. And what's the third one, Sister Carnahan? Pressure-free, problem-free, and... 
There's a third one. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think of it. And pain-free. There it is. That's what our world wants. And tell me, let me just ask, is a crucifixion pain-free? Not that I know of either. And so we're trying to avoid things that God has absolutely sent right straight down our highway. And he's trying to give you and I perspective. This is me. This is where I have you now. Now let's do something that will go into that dimension of faith and get it higher. In Jesus' name. Because you must understand, what is the higher faith? Let me show it to you in, in Galatians chapter number 5. And one of the biggest arguments that day was, well, they should be circumcised in the flesh. That's what the Jews were arguing. They're saying all the Christians that come into the church now need to be circumcised. And it brought a huge contention into the church. And Paul culminates this in, in chapter number 5 by saying, it says in verse number 6, it says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. It doesn't make any difference. That one went out the window with the Old Testament. But it says, but faith which worketh by love. Now that's the faith of Jesus Christ. Now I'm not saying Abraham didn't have it. But he didn't have it like Jesus had it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I said it last week. It wasn't faith that kept Jesus on that cross. It was his love for you and I that kept him on that cross. You might not dress the way God wants you to dress because you have faith. But if you begin to love God, you'll begin to do the things that God wants you to do in a greater dimension. That's where the charismatic church got off the bandwagon. Amen. And that's what's happening. And let me prove this to you, that Jesus is not only just somebody that tells us to do something. Let me show you his experience. Turn to the fifth chapter of the book of Hebrews, and I'm about done. Um, I'm telling you, God is, is awesome in Jesus' name. We're going to sing here in just a few minutes. And I, I just want you to consider this. This is the faith that God wants us to have. Yes, we need Abraham's faith. We need to learn, praise God, that the works that we do should give glory to God. We should always live in that dimension, praise God. And I believe that, that being faithful to the things of God will bring a brighter and a brighter outlook of that. You're, just let me give you just one demonstration. If you will read through the Bible once a year for the rest of your life, I believe that God has and will give you greater truth. But it's going to depend on your faithfulness to do that. Now, that's not undue pressure, in my opinion. That's simple. Because you take a look at the, you take a bite-sized look at that Bible, and my goodness, if I just take 10 or 15 minutes a day, I can easily do that. So I'm not telling you to climb Cloud Peak in one day. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying, come on, take a look at your life right now. And what has God put in there that you can, on a daily basis, remain faithful to him? That's what God wants to highlight to you in Jesus' name. 
Look at this. The fifth chapter of the book of Hebrews talks about the priesthood. And in particular, it's talking about the high priesthood. And if you were a Jew, that meant a lot. Because the high priest was the only one that could go in there and offer that sacrifice once a year. They couldn't just anybody they wanted to because, man, you know, tradition tells us they'd get killed if they walked in that, that place with the Shekinah of God. And so Jesus became that. It says in verse number 5, look at this. It says, so also Christ glorified or exalted not himself to be, in, to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now look at verse number seven. What led up to this? Look at verse number seven. And this is still talking about Jesus. It says, who? Jesus. Look at somebody and say, he's talking about Jesus. It says, in the days of his flesh. Jesus' day. When he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Then go on, verse number 8 is talking about Jesus too. It says, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. That's why Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. And now I live by the faith that he's given me. Now I can get through this because he got through it. Amen. Now I can do these things because he did these things. One time right shortly before Jesus was crucified and died, the Bible says he told his disciples, greater things than I have done will you do? Well, how are we going to achieve that? We have to achieve it through the dimension of faith. And we need to start with the faith of Abraham. And we need to become faithful to him every day. And then as he begins to show us other things, and he will, we begin to adapt the faith of Jesus into our life. And it will lead us into a place, praise God, where we will see greater things than we have ever seen before in Jesus' name. And so the Bible says, and being made perfect, this is still talking about the man Christ Jesus. It says, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that now obey him. That's why I'm telling you, the focus is not you. The focus is not me. The focus is him. That's what we want to do. We want to start our days and end our days with a focus on God. And folks, I'm telling you something. That is the most exciting place. There's not a coronavirus. I don't care if it's 27, 18, 16, 15. And I'm not trying to belittle that disease. We've had some personal people, Sister Carnahan and I know, that have been overcome by that. Praise God. And I'm telling you, folks, those people were full of faith. And so I'm not here to judge in that situation. But listen to me. If it isn't a coronavirus, it'll be something else. 
I'm telling you right now, that's why you and I are put in such a strategic position because we can help people understand, praise God, that our God is an almighty God. He can do anything. He can bring anything to pass in Jesus' name. Do you want to spend a few minutes, praise God, and start gathering up some of those nuggets? Come on, let's allow the Lord to do something for us here for a few minutes. Come on. I know that we're at a disadvantage because we're trying to keep six feet away from one another. But right there where you're at right now, I believe that God can bring something to you. Amen. And if you'll receive it, I mean to tell you folks, it'll be exciting in the name of Jesus. God will be able to, oh, begin to help us. Amen. Amen.